Leanne Locken grew up on the carnival and has made a name for herself as a model, an actress, and a reality TV star. Well, she's the mouth of the South. She is bold. She can be controversial. And today, this is her second shot. On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Welcome in, Leanne Locken. Hi. Um, this is fun. We were just at the fashion show last night. I know. <laughs> Why our hair still looks like we just brushed it. I mean. I swear I fixed it for you, Jenny. It, look, it looks good. Leanne was the grand finale. I'll put up some of the pictures on Instagram. It was so good. Um, we also have producer Matt in the house. I'm sure that, Hello. you know, reality TV is going to be his top topic uh, that he wants to talk about. I was so. also at a fashion show last night. I'm and sure I, you were. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, Can't very cool. So here we are, second shot sit downs. And, um, you know, the first thing that we start with is I want to hear because I like for people to say it out loud because then it makes it more likely that it'll happen. Oh. I want to hear um, who are three <clears throat> people that you'd like to meet. And I know you've met a, probably a ton of your want to meet people already, but are there three out there that you'd like to hang out with? Gosh, you know, you, I mean, I, I would love to meet Oprah. Yes. I mean, Same. you know, just a minute with her. Um, and really beyond that, I think everyone that I would want to meet would be spiritual. I would love to meet the Dalai Lama. Rich actually met the Dalai Lama and was he blessed by did? the Dalai Lama. Yeah, he, he uh, did dignitary protection for him. Yeah, for two days. That's um, amazing. Of course, when he came home, I was like, where did he bless you? And Rich unzips his pants. Stop and it. I'm like, no. Of course he did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, baby. And then, um, and I would probably, I, I mean... I would have said my you they have to be alive my Angela. yes but. I know well I know and that's a that's a thing but you know there's there's a there's a time after life too when we'll yeah. connect with people too definitely, so that can definitely, definitely be one well I want to go back in your life and find out about what happened so we all know the story about you kind of growing up in a rougher situation and and in the carnival and really like living that traveling life when did you leave and what did you do immediately after you left um, <clears throat> so I spent the summers with my mother traveling mm -hmm. the country, which is how I know blue lights are illegal in Chicago because mm -hmm. our trucks ran blue lights. So we got pulled over and arrested. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started in the car working on a carnival when I was three and I retired when I was 16. By the time I retired, I had people working for me. I had a very large cash flow. Um, you know, I didn't realize it was so lucrative. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, it's a cash, I would not have known. It's a cash business. Mm -hmm. All cash. Okay. So all cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she we was don't doing take credit well. There's no credit cards on the carnival. 
No credit cards on the carnival. Okay, so that's that's how you were so that's how you were doing well. I want to find out now too. And this was I put out some questions on social media to people, and I like to ask my own questions. But I'm also curious. I don't want to miss something that everybody else wants to know. And one of the big ones that people asked was pretty simple, but I think pretty interesting too. Is how has life changed since reality TV? Because I know you prior to reality TV, and you were a known name in Dallas for sure. Thank you. Um, and, and, and we're so involved in the charity scene and so many different events. But this is on another level. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, this is a How, different different area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, reality TV has only given me a larger platform. I was hoping to do good with it. Um, my life however, hasn't changed because I feel like I've always lived and grown up in the eye of others. So cameras don't affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, producers don't affect me. You know, um, uh, the same thing that affects me affects everyone, you know, sure. lies and, you know, misrepresentation, that kind of stuff affects me. But honestly, like being on Bravo Network has only been... <clears throat> personally beneficial as far as my ability to help others and my mm-hmm. ability to raise funds for others and my ability to raise awareness for organizations and things in our world that just aren't aren't safe or fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a huge advocate for to end sex trafficking, a uh, huge advocate for the LGBTQ and HIV awareness. Um and animals, I mean, please don't get me started yes. on animals. Rich would be like, we would have to have a farm if Rich would let me take <laughs> on all the animals I want. You know, child abuse. I mean, it. I have areas that I obviously are very, I'm very passionate about. And so I know you being personally, as somebody who is personally involved in these causes and actually raising money, not just showing up. Um, but do you think there's a misconception about oh. that and about people thinking, oh, Leanne just kind of uses these events as a place to show yeah. up and see and be seen? I think I think people locally sometimes can say, oh, she just wants to get her picture in the paper, which could care less. Um, but I think on a national level now that I'm being judged nationally, mm-hmm. um, I think people think, oh, she goes, she works with nonprofits to... Um, to try to gain sympathy. But the reality is I don't really care what people think of me as long as they become aware of the needs of the community. Do you really not care what people think about you? Um, Gosh, I know I do. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt when people have a misconception about me because it certainly does. Um, But no, I can't. I can't control how someone chooses to view me. I can't change someone's perspective and I'm not going to try. If I tried to change everyone's perspective of how they viewed me, when would I ever have time to do anything for myself? (laughs) Yeah, that's a full-time job, isn't it? It would be. It's a, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Trying, trying to keep up with perceptions and with what people think and, and, and redirecting. Um, what about, what about married life? Is it any different or is it the same? How is it? No, you know, I really didn't think it would change anything, but, um, it did. And getting married also sort of really put, um, I've always been a person who, um, had difficulty with, Mm self-worth. Um, and so for me, 
right before we were getting married for Rich to be like, can you believe you're going to be my wife? And he, his excitement yeah. um, for the first time in 10 years of being together really demonstrated the amount of love he has for me, uh-huh. which made me feel so even more secure and even more loved, which is something that, you know, isn't it amazing to think about one person wanting to like pick you, like to be yeah. the, the chosen one for that person? I feel that. I, yeah. I, I agree. It's really um, it's powerful. It was something I wanted for a very long time and felt like, yeah, I kind of, you know, didn't didn't find it. And, and it and you really you have to find your worth in yourself. You right. Do. And if and if you have a, a, a higher power, you know, that, too. But it is pretty cool. It is to have to be someone like, love oh. you and want to protect you <laughs> yes. and always on your side. Yeah. Yes. How, how does he, I mean, when I see Rich out at events, I feel like he's just, you know, he kind of does his thing. He hangs back. He takes a picture of somebody wants him to. You know, he chats with the guys. What what is it like for him having you both like risen to this kind of level of fame and everything like that. He's so funny. You know, he's a huge prankster and jokester. Yeah. So most of the time when, if, if I ask him to come with me to an event, he's always like, you know, Oh, just call me Mr. Mr. Husband or, you know, Mr. 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 Um, so he, you know, honestly, he, he loves it. He, he's, always there he understands the responsibility mm-hmm. um and he i think is is generous with himself and with his time and yeah and putting himself out there yeah yeah because that that's hard it's kind of like he he, he didn't w- sign up he for wasn't it. in the inter- entertainment business no. No. well I, like, he sort of well was, i guess yes hosting he and, did, and no, commentating but he did dallas and stuff Watt. he did the dallas Watt right. reality tv mm-hmm. show so actually <clears throat> i started dating him before she's got the look came out on tv land so he really helped me through a lot of she's okay. got the look navigation uh-huh. and um, don't read the comments and don't, don't, you know, cause I would, yeah. read the, I mean, he would call and I'd be like, Ooh. he'd be <laughs> like, you're reading the comments. Don't read the comments. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so he, he understands it and he gets it. He understands what a, le- a certain level of, you know, celebrity is and, you know, yeah. not that I would by any means call us celebrities by any well, means. Well, I mean, I know what you mean. Shoot, you got a massive following. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of what it is. To, that's what a celebrity is today. Um, so he, so is his advice still to not read the comments, like oh, still yeah. to this day? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, and then he, and then what he does is he sits on the sofa and he's like, I'm going to get them for you, babe. Oh, and gosh. I'm like, oh, my God, don't. Please stop. <laughs> stop. They're not there, though. I know. Yeah, that it just makes it worse. Right? It does. But he wants, like, he wants to help. He, he wants, wants to, to be my hero. And he is without having to lift a finger. Oh, oh, that's sweet. I love, I love to see that love. So, yeah. um, speaking of comments, let's talk about, I just want to give you a chance to kind of explain sure. the, the controversy that's been going on online lately with the, the use of the word Mexican as it yeah. relates to one of your, your castmates. Do you think that you're being mischaracterized in this or misunderstood? I, I do think that it's sad that it's been twisted into the condition that it is. Um, I think anyone who knows me knows I don't have a racist bone in my body. I mean, I, I don't know how anyone could be a part of the LGBTQ world, which preaches acceptance of all and be a racist. You can't. Um, I think that referring to her nationality wasn't me just referring to it. I was actually mimicking her. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll, you know, I think continue to watch and see how it unfolds. It's very disheartening that 
the production company and the network would twist this in this direction for their purpose. But, you know, it is reality TV. Sure. And not all it's of it is of real. part of the game, right? Yeah. It, it, do you understand where people are upset? Or do you, sure. do you no, understand 100%. where that... You know, I understand that when you take what is said out of context, and basically all of reality TV is taken mm-hmm. out of context... Um, that it can be very offensive. And to, and I, uh, and as I have continued to do on social media, if what I said offended someone, then my sincerest apologies. That was never my intention. I mean, I think you can see the level of which I was so out of my mind when I'm slapping myself while I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I was just really beyond hurt and, um, and it's a, such a bad habit of mine to lash back out mm-hmm. when I'm hurt. And I didn't do, that wasn't what I was doing. I wasn't trying to be mean or disrespectful. I was just simply saying, you know, you say you're this big person, uh-huh. but you sat there and, and the way you acted isn't brave or courageous. It's mm-hmm. tacky and passive aggressive. Yeah. So it sounds like you understand where people are coming from, but, but also you never see the full context. <laughs> and no. I think that, I think that that's something that we probably all have to, you know, for the audience, for us on the other end, it's fun to just watch. Then um, sometimes I think, man, that's somebody's life. Yeah. Um, does that part of it, the part that this is actually your life, um, does that ever make you want to say, uh, gosh, oh. I can't keep doing this? Every year. Every yeah. year I'm like, I'm done. Do it without me. You, I mean, every year I feel like I'm the target. <clears throat> so every year... Hell yes, I want to quit. So what makes you what makes you keep doing it? Um, like season one, I really didn't think I'd be invited back. Really? Um, oh yeah, crazy enough. Yeah, because I didn't really understand the formula of Housewives, and now that I do, I get it. Okay. Um, but so season one, I didn't think I'd be invited back. I came back to season two because. I wanted to show I'm not dangerous. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explain who I am and why I behave the way I behave. And then season, I, I managed to get to a certain point that I wasn't done with. So then season three, I came back because I wanted to go further into that. Season four, I came back because I wanted everyone to see my wedding. I wanted to c- fulfill oh, the so commitment. Beautiful. I wanted we to loved fulfill seeing it too. <laughs> it was gorgeous. I wanted to fulfill the commitment of you watched me get engaged. I would like to share my wedding with mm-hmm. you because I wanted you to see the authentic love between Rich and I and, you know, his vows sort of really stole the show and yeah. said everything about who we are. Um, and so that's why I am where I am right now. Yeah. And um, if there is a next season, the only thing that would potentially get me to come back would be the opportunity to really dissipate this negative image mm-hmm. that has been created of me and not for me. Do you think that perception of you though has improved over the years or do you think it's I think I diminished? I mean I think what happens in the reality world is you create a perception is created you dispel the perception the next year but then if you make one misstep the entire audience is like but well, what about and you're like okay <laughs> Okay, that doesn't relate to this and constantly going back to refer to something that's happening now isn't the same thing. And, um, and I certainly think that I, I think those people who are 
genuinely intellectually involved in the show know that from season one to today, I mean, I have grown, I have changed, I have matured, I've become more patient. How that happened, I have no clue. Well, and I think people like to see self, like self-awareness. Don't you, Matt, oh. don't, does that not come up as a topic like every single episode Absolutely. on our, it's something Heath and I talked about like when we fight. It's like being aware, we, yeah. you know, self-awareness and what an attractive quality that is. Yes. Because yeah. it's like, even if someone continues to, to like dig and like, oh, and you're angering me, but the other person knows it, there's something about that that softens it. Yeah. And it seems like that's what's happened with you. I almost want to say your character. Yeah. You know, because right? it, it's because it's you, but it's reality. But it's, so it's, it's, a, it's character. a version of me. And it seems like that self-awareness is what's allowed people to like... You've endeared yourself to more people through that. I will say reality TV has been the best therapy I've ever been paid to do and not paid for. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you do, you see yourself. I mean, like season one, I saw myself and I was like, uh, okay, this scene's going to be fine because I only had two cocktails. And then you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> count, Leanne, count. <laughs> you Small know, cocktails. So you, yeah, so you, you really do. You see not only... You see where sometimes maybe you think you're a certain way, but how you come across isn't how you want to come across. Mm. And so you do alter your who, your behavior, not who you are, but you alter your behavior so that who you are can be better seen. Okay. okay does that that's, make sense? It, it does. It, does. it so might it's be a still little the deep. Same. I'm sorry. No no, 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 no. So it's still the same. It's, it's still the same you, but being able to express yourself in a way that's received better yes. by people and better understood. Yes. I'm picking up yes, what you're putting because, down. Like, for instance, when I delved into the amygdala and how my amygdala was damaged, you know, and then they from made my fun of it. Early childhood. Yeah. Well, their but goal is to make fun do? of yeah. everything that is sensitive and, and hurtful about me because they would love to hurt me. Um, so when I talked about it, it, I was trying to explain that, you know, when I react a certain way, it's not a choice. When I am put in a corner of fight, flight, or freeze, blood flow to your entire brain shuts down and it just goes to your amygdala. And my amygdala is not a pretty thing. Mm -hmm. My amygdala is, you know, woo, cut some <laughs> time out. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> amygdala, my amygdala is all about, you know protecting me, mm -hmm. even though the situation that I'm in isn't really necessarily something that anyone or myself should perceive as a threatening situation. My reaction is to take it to that extreme. Yeah. And so I've had to learn to find a balance between what is a natural reaction and what is a more appropriate reaction. And so I'm still, that's still a, okay. a, a jungle that I'm still trying yeah. to find my way through. That's fair. What, what of the different types of therapies and approaches and methodologies that you've tried, do you think have been the most impactful? For example, if someone's sort of like seeing themselves in you and think mm. I got to take a step. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say find out what, I mean, like for me, the first step was anger management. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had to dive into what was genuinely making me angry at my core. And while it might have been some of what the cast was saying, the truth is that anger was already there. So I had to find where the base of that was and learn to work through it and let it go mm -hmm. so that I'm not as angry when people say things that trigger something that makes me angry. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like, honestly, I think my best 
therapy has been learning how to work through my relationship with my mother. And, um, and that really helps me understand how people perceive the situation. You That's know? a perfect place to wrap up the segment because I want to go in deep with family stuff oh, and, you know, yay. don't, not too deep, not too deep, but just, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. People are about to be dealing with family stuff and we can use some advice. So we'll be back in the second segment of second shot. Really quick break to tell you guys about, and we have been so pumped about this, our new sponsor of the Second Shot podcast. It is myllc.com. So Heath actually introduced me to this company uh, a long time ago because he's been using them for everything. Every time he puts together a new business, he goes there, gets the LLC set up. They send back a little portfolio with everything done. It's legally savvy, legally sound, and put together for you. So if you're somebody who's sort of like thinks that that's the daunting part of a business, which for me, it always has been. MyLLC.com is for real where you want to go. And they're also hooking you guys up with a deal. So write it down. Maybe you're not starting a business today, but maybe you're getting inspired by the interviews. It is this 99MyLLC, which gives you $99 off of a new corporation or LLC. I will also tell you, we definitely price checked before doing this. It is for sure the most affordable option. Heath and I have been using them for years and years. We just adore this company. So myllc.com, and again, the code for $99 off is 99myllc. Okay, we're back with Leanne Locken and talking about, you know, we're coming up on, you know, holidays and Christmas and gosh, it's like the most wonderful time of year. But if we're being real and if we're being honest, for a lot of people, it's the most stressful, chaotic. For you at this point, we've watched your familial journey um, just kind of go in and out. Who do you who do you consider to be your family? Who are you spending the holidays with? Yeah, holidays are always hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, anyone who really knows me knows that. Mm -hmm. Um when my grandmother passed away, that was my family. Yeah. So for me, I've found a way to choose my family because I find that that's the healthiest thing to do. Um, so I've chosen my friends as my family. Mm -hmm. You know, Rich is my family. Rich, that's kind of why Rich and I didn't have anyone stand with us at the wedding was because we've stood for each other yeah. for so long that it, it, we are each other's family. And, um, and then, you know, I have Steve and Chad. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have Cynthia and Randy and I have Heidi and Gina and Hamilton and I, I have chosen Tiffany. I've mm -hmm. chosen who my family are because I wasn't gifted with a good family. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good takeaway for people who are listening or even for people who think, oh, my life is so different from her, from yours. Yeah, no. Like, I, I think that's a very leveling playing field to be able to realize that we are empowered to be able to do that. And some people are gifted with a, you know, a close connection with a family member or two or many, and some people are not, but like, you don't have to, you don't have to fester in that. No, um, no. And, right? and I did, I think when my, the first few years after my grandmother passed, I didn't really express how um, difficult it was for me or how heavy on my heart it was for me. Um, so, I don't think people really understood. And then once I started working through it, it was like easier for me to express. And, you know, I have an amazing therapist that I see now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, one of the most freeing things that I've ever worked through was my stuff with my mom, because basically 
the day my therapist said, I want you to understand, you don't need a mother. You have chosen friends in your life who have assumed that role. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm in a difficult moment, I call Heidi, I call Mm -hmm. Cynthia, I call people who I know are going to give me a mature, um, wise answer. So I've replaced that, what I needed with that. And at 52, I don't necessarily need a mother. I, you know, I basically raised myself. So what is she going to offer me? Yeah. I think it's, it's such a, it's such a, just like a cultural thing. It's hard. It would be hard to I get judged very harshly for it. Um, I mean, but, but, but what's new? Yeah. Oh, I get judged harshly for everything. So (laughs) you're, you're, you're you're dealing with it, but I do think that's an important message. If there's anybody who's like connecting with this material or hearing her talk about this to, to hear this, the gift it is to be able to go out into the world and to find your people. Yeah. And I will say, I understand people who holidays for people can be very isolating and very depressing and very lonely. And I can tell you that one of the times that I did try to commit suicide was around Thanksgiving because I was alone in my place by myself Mm -hmm. and didn't really feel I had any love or connection to the world. So holidays can be difficult. And I can tell you that if you are one of those people who do feel lonely or sad or isolated during the holidays, the best thing you can do is volunteer. Mm -hmm. Go and put your focus on others. I know it feels like people don't have it as bad as you because that's what depression does. It always makes you focus on you. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you'll take that focus and put it on someone else, go volunteer at an animal shelter, go serve the homeless. Um, Do something outside. Mm -hmm. Do something outside yourself. Mm -hmm. And I promise you it will make the holiday. You'll get not only get through the holiday, but it will remind you the reason for the season. Oh, I mean, that's, that's super important. I'm with you. I've had some lone, I've had some lonely ones, you know, like living alone, working, doing your thing. You work the holiday, you go home, you've got like, you're by yourself, you're by yourself. You've got, and you, and like, I would always think now this will make me kind of leading up to it. Like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've got my work. I love my work. I love my work. And then you, you get home that night and it's like, you're not fine. You're not fine. And it's really, it's really, really hard. hard. And you, and you, in your mind, you tell yourself, but work, work is important. Yeah. And you don't realize how God created us to connect mm-hmm. with one another. And that connection is what gives us hope mm-hmm. and sustains us for the next day. Yeah. And without that connection, um, it can be very painful. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, and sometimes you have to be the one, though, to take the step. Like sometimes you, you, you can't wait for the person to come to <clears throat> you. You've got to kind of no. put yourself out there. So I love I love that we touched on that. Um, I do want to talk about that. We, we touched a little bit on the fact that I think sometimes people think, oh, gosh, Leanne's involved in charities to because to, it's a part of this public thing. But yeah. I will say I before, you know, the reality show thing hit big yeah. um, and, and you were very involved. But I would love to hear from somebody who's been involved for a long time. How has the Dallas charity scene changed over the years in your perspective, if it has at all? Yeah, you know, I think... The Dallas charity scene is very much the Dallas social scene. So I would say that the elders in our community who are still very philanthropic, um, they haven't changed. Mm -hmm. How they do their philanthropy and how they exist in the nonprofit world is uniformed and should be respected by the new people coming Mm -hmm. in. I think then you look at the new people who 
do care about these young things and these, you know, different ways, Just different of, causes, yeah, different like causes. That. I think that um, it's changed a lot. It's become mm -hmm. very social, and people get that. People are. What I love is that our upcoming generations are realizing that nonprofits are a great place to socialize. Mm -hmm. You know, and honestly. That's how I kind of got into nonprofit was I felt alone and I was like, I want to get out, be out of myself. Mm -hmm. So you go to one nonprofit event and then the next thing you know, people are like, hey, are you coming to yeah, this you event? Are you going up. to that event? Are you going to this event? And then all of a sudden your social calendar is full and not only are you doing good for your community, but you're doing good for yourself as well. Yeah. And that I think that's the biggest kick that God did. God made volunteering and giving more about receiving than the actual gift. Right. And getting outside of yourself mm -hmm. yeah. and getting, and, and getting outside of whatever it is that you're yeah. kind of like festering in. Yeah. I found that to be really, um, at first it, it caught me off guard when I moved to Dallas. I thought it was a little weird how social the charity scene was. I was really put off by it, to be honest. And I thought this is, it felt disingenuous. Yes. But, but then I not. saw how much money they were raising. And I was like, well, my gosh, it's, you know, it really is making an impact. Because yeah. just others have lived in so many different cities. I'd never been in a city that did it on this level. And I thought this is, it felt ostentatious in the in the name of, you know, doing well for people. But then I looked at, like, they know how to the do numbers. it. Yeah, they know how to raise yeah. the money. So I'm here for it. And I will tell you, Dallas is not only one of the most philanthropic cities, but we raise the most funds for the nonprofits that that we work with like the yes there's no there's not a lot of fat no. in these organizations no. it's a lot of people donating time it's not like not a lot of people are getting paid and i, in this and I whole will thing. say the biggest uh the biggest thing i can tell you is if there's a nonprofit you're looking at 80 20 80 percent of mm -hmm. every penny raised needs to go to the clients yeah. and 20 percent for management and running the organization that's a that's a great thing to look look for and you can mm -hmm. call the organization you can usually look online you can find out if they're not sharing it that could be a red flag. Well, you ask you know, them. I yeah, mean, honestly, Jeff. like I remember the first time I called a charity and they wanted me to be involved and I said, okay, it's a hundred dollars a ticket. How much of that goes to the charity and how much goes to you yeah. and your mm -hmm. event? And she said, well, we send, we give $20 out of every hundred to the charity. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you, but I'm going to decline. Sure. And then all of a sudden it became this, you know, then they attack you because you're not wanting to, under, and, and I just, you know, I just was basically like, here it is in black and white. Mm -hmm. You put it in black and white that you take 80% of funds raised, and I'm not down with that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, then that's more of a business when for them. When there's so much it's, need. That's more of a business yeah. that's contributing a little money, yeah. a bit of money well, as that's opposed how they to make, a A lot of people yeah. make their money fundraising. Yes. And yes. I get that. And there's been a huge misconception on the show that I get paid to do nonprofit work or charities. And I will tell you, I don't know charity at all pays me for anything. I try to give as much as yeah. I can. Yeah. What did you do for as a living before um, the reality show? Uh, modeling, yeah. acting. I mean, I was actually really successful. I created, hosted, and produced two of my well, own I television shows. I didn't shows want to say and, that as a, yeah. I know this, yeah. but I think sometimes the audience is wondering, I, I did think, you do, that's why people think, I think that you yeah, did that charity that's what work was my for job. a living. Yes, right, yes, yes. because I did so much of it. But I will say that, no, in between that, I was flying off and filming yeah. movies and commercials, and I still get residuals from big movies, you know, that I was in. That's awesome. And, um... No, I mean, that's, you know, I had a career. Anybody can IMDB me. 
Uh, <laughs> Don't I worry. A, I had a career, and um, and it still pays me. That's and that's awesome. one of the best parts about being an actress is that, you know, right. 20-something years later, I still get Miss Congeniality checks. I'm always like, I open the mail, and I'm always like, Okay. That's Thank you awesome. so much. Um, it's like insurance, but way more glamorous. Yeah. Oh, I still get checks for Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> that's awesome. Sons of Thunder. Oh, I mean, so you know, you, you look at them and you're like, oh, uh, my best friend is a vampire. You know, every <laughs> now and then great. I'll go open a check and I'm just like, dang. Very so they're cool. showing that in Yugoslavia. Awesome. Yes. Keep showing it. Keep, keep selling yes, it. Yes. Keep selling it. What What do you think you'll do? Like if this, if this, um, when this you know, ends, because it will if, end. I mean, who knows? <laughs> you know, who knows? Like what, what will life be like for you? Would you like to continue a public life or, I mean, I don't know if you I don't could think I've got a choice yeah. not whether I could continue it or not. Um, I would probably go back to what I was doing yeah. and then create something for myself. You know, I think what people don't understand is I really am a phoenix. I mean, if you look at my my life pattern, I'll create something and then get bored and walk away. I'll mm -hmm. create something and then get bored and walk away. And I think I surround myself with women who are phoenix. Mm -hmm. They're also phoenix. They like, um, you know, you look at things and you're like, uh, you know, Heidi Dillon, for instance, is one of my dearest friends. And, you know, she'll be like, I'm just going to get off Instagram. And then like the next thing you know, some company will come in and, pay her to host a show in New York City. And she's like, I didn't know. And I'm like, that's what I've been telling you. You know, I just, I think people, there's always new things being invented. Yes. And because life constantly evolves, there's always an opportunity to recreate. I would love to be, you know, I love, I look at Madonna and I think this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't walk away quietly. Mm -hmm. Die in a glory of flames. Yeah, you will never walk away no, quietly. I, I just, will. I don't see that for you. Rich is one hundred percent sure I will die in a massive car crash. <laughs> Gosh, Rich, you have stopped talking I'm about that. I'm such a terrible driver. Stop He's it. like, oh my god, you're so <laughs> That's bad. terrible. So I, I want to talk about the question that we kind of, we talk, kind of talked about off the air, and I, I'm excited for your response on this. Um, if you got to choose, if you got to elect, would you choose for life to be wholly fair or wholly unfair? Holy fair. My biggest trigger is liars. My mother is a, and still to this day, is a habitual liar. She will tell you what you want to hear, and then you can't make an assessment on how to move forward or how to have an authentic relationship with that person because the information you're given isn't true. So for me, I am always fighting for fairness. I think that's why I'm so involved in nonprofits because mm -hmm. I do think our world needs to be fair, and I do think we should take care of each other, and I do think compassion is the biggest commodity that we have. And I think finding compassion develops honesty and sincerity and authenticity because when you have compassion, you can't help but become those other things, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. for me, I would choose fairness as the day is long. I mean, you think about it, that's really kind of why Rich and I are together. He's a protector, mm -hmm. and I'm a protector, and so we gravitated towards each other. We were two magnets that just mm -hmm. were completely charged to find each other. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that to change. I don't know how anyone makes an assessment when someone's lying to them. So if I sit here sure. and I lie to you and tell you all the things you want to hear because I've researched you and I know what you want to hear, how are you to have an authentic connection or relationship with me? Right, right, right. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's different than what anybody else has said so far, right, Matt? Yeah, I think a lot of people have 
Uh, and I like that take on it because it's not it's not necessarily about I want everything to come to me and I want to oh. you know I want I like the assessment aspect right the that's, that's the important to assess, part like right? level playing field well because yeah. I think that is what makes life so difficult in our world today is if someone lies to you and you don't know they're lying then you suddenly invest in them or you invest your feelings in yeah. them. And then what you're doing is you're, you're opening yourself up for hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I don't trust easily. I, I think anyone who knows me knows mm-hmm. that I trust is, is not something that I give. The true definition of trust is giving someone the ability to completely destroy you and having the faith that they won't. Uh, now when that, who defin- do you trust? Right. So then, then you really look at what trust is mm-hmm. and, how do you trust someone if they're not honest with you? I would rather, and I say this to my producers every year, just tell me I'm the villain. Just tell me, you know, <laughs> that you don't care, but don't lie and manipulate. I think people who manipulate and lie and twist words to their benefit are inauthentic and uncourageous. I believe them to be cowards mm-hmm. because the truth is so much stronger when you build your life with truth, your foundation, your core is the most powerful foundation you can have. Mm-hmm. I mean, where in the Bible does it say, yes, please lie? I haven't found I believe, that part yet. I believe one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not lie. Yes. So that I'm just saying. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I, I like it. I like it. Okay, now the last big discussion topic here is... we're going to put out a book. This is theoretical, but who knows? I'm saying it out loud, so maybe it'll happen. Sure. Um, Of of everybody's one line of advice, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be given to everybody who feels like they need a second shot. What's the one line of advice for somebody who's out there and feels like, man, I just, I need a second shot. Nike's campaign. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. I will say the one bit of advice I would say is what is that thing that you are the most afraid of doing. Not not like mine is heights, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what is that one thing getting you towards your goals mm-hmm. that you are most afraid of doing? A phone call and don't no, don't make it busy work. Don't make it busy work. Mm. Make it a genuine action step forward and do that one thing. Do that thing. That one thing is it get, you know, for me things like get a manager, get an mm-hmm. agent call the publishing company. What is that one thing? And then do that. Because I promise you the fear that you've built up around not doing it, the pressure that you've built up around not doing it is complete hot air. Uh And the second you do it and life rolls forward and you get the ball rolling, it's amazing how much one action can change just your feeling about yourself, your life, your attitude, your joy, your energy level, Mm -hmm. do that one thing. Do that one thing. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect way to end. Uh, Leanne, I want you to be able to share. Everyone's probably following you, but share your Ah, social channels anyway. trust me. (laughs) Share share wherever they can find you. Sure. You You can find me on social media at Leanne Locken. My mother really got me on that spelling of my name. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, L-E-E, capital A-N-N-E, all one word. Um, yeah, uh, Leanne Locken on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm most, I'm really in love with Instagram. 
Twitter. I'm I'm on daily, but I'm you know it's for me. I I'm, I haven't figured <laughs> out that fighting games. And Are you then, gonna be on TikTok? Oh my god! I this is the new thing. I've got yeah. to like go figure yeah. out. You need to go like make that your thing to do. <sighs> I need to do it. Do too. I delete Snapchat oh. now? I mean, I already deleted Snapchat. I couldn't keep what? up. I couldn't keep up. Well, I, I don't I just, snap, so it's just there. It's just, it's just and I really just like the filters because I like to make the little bunny ears, you yes. know, and like the little mustache. And, <laughs> so you know, Instagram to I see like your bunny to, ears. Yeah, I like to make it the ones that make me look like a dude, and I'll be like. How you like me, baby? Really and you know, sexy. people are like, oh my God, you make a really good looking dude. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, TBD for Leanne on TikTok, and, and same for me. Um, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for um, having me. And just for being so candid, which, you know, that's that's your brand. That's it, your thing. I don't so really I, have a choice. I appreciate it. And you guys know, if you are watching the video of this, there's a whole podcast version of it. You can go binge listen like 150 episodes at this point. Search Second Shot on any podcast platform. And we will um, see you next time. Matt, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.